Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I'm just on the outskirts of Culiacan. Um, and I've come to the clinic where uh, Paulina Ramirez got her reduced price lipo treatment. This summer, Vice News editor Deborah Bonello traveled to Culiacan, capital of the state of Sinaloa in Mexico. The building couldn't be any more nondescript. It's totally white with no signs outside, nothing signaling that it's a, a beauty clinic or uh, a plastic surgery center. It was in this building that Paulina Ramirez went to get one of the most common plastic surgeries that you can get. She wanted a smaller waist and curvy hips. The windows are covered with raw black iron bars and the doors are covered with mirrors so you can't see through into the inside. But during the procedure, the doctor who performed the surgery perforated her internal organs six times including her lungs and intestines. She died about a month later. Paulina didn't know this then, but the doctor was not a plastic surgeon, and the clinic she walked into was unregulated. It's one of the dozens of unlicensed clinics in Sinaloa, offering risky but more affordable plastic surgery. And here the the doors have been chained shut, and there's a sign... um, there's a massive sticker across the door that says that this, this uh, property is now in the hands of the, the state attorney general's office. The clinic shut down a couple months after Paulina's death. This September, Mexico's public health agency closed a total of 24 clinics that were operating without the proper licenses, sometimes in unsanitary conditions, and without the right equipment. But there are still a ton of other clandestine clinics still operating today in Cuyacán. And in the past couple of years, these clinics have become more popular than ever. Cuyacán, also known as the home of the Sinaloa cartel, is now also something of a plastic surgery hub for a lot of people, most of them women. Many of them are getting under-the-table surgeries to transform their bodies to conform to a very culturally specific aesthetic. In this week's episode, we explore the link between beauty, narco-culture, and the increasing threat of unregulated plastic surgeries for women in Sinaloa. And who is profiting from it? I'm Ariel Zumros. And I'm Deborah Bonello, Latin America editor at Vice News. This is Vice News Reports. Ok, 
Okay, so Deborah, you traveled to Cuyacan, the capital of Sinaloa, a couple weeks ago to investigate the circumstances around Paulina Ramirez's death. What did you find out? So I, I wanted to talk to someone from Sinaloa who also got plastic surgery from one of these unregulated clinics in Culiacan because I wanted more insight from the patient's experience. And, and that's how I met this woman who I'm going to call Kendra. I went to see her in her house. She lives in sort of a walled off compound, I suppose, um, on the outskirts of Culiacan, where a lot of middle-class people tend to live. Hola. Hola. ¿Cómo estás? And she asked me not to use her real name because she didn't really want to reveal her, her identity. Kendra welcomed me into her house, um, and I noticed she had one of those special cushions that you use after getting plastic surgery. She told me she got started with, you know, some pretty small procedures at first. El botox mm-hmm. y but the big one was in 2019. When she had a, a liposcultura, which is a lipo treatment, and it takes fat from the abdomen and back. Y infiltración en el, en las, en las pompas y en el busto. That fat is taken out and put into her breasts and, and butt. Al principio, cuando estaba más chica, jamás me había identificado con que quería tener una cintura chiquita. She told me that as a little girl, she never really thought about wanting a perfect hourglass figure, but as she got older, she started watching TV shows and, and telenovelas, um, mainly from Colombia and Mexico, and started to notice the women in the shows. They were tall with straight black hair and big butts. She knew that's the kind of body she wanted, the bodies in the in the Colombian and Mexican narconovelas, basically. Pero sobre todo eran series, obviamente, el narco. Entonces, narco en Colombia, narco en Culiacán, narco corridos, también tenemos nuestros cartel, como que sí viene un poco más eh, parte de la cultura de, ¿no? Narco culture is something Kendra identifies with because, as you know, her hometown Culiacán is, is the home of the Sinaloa cartel. So, obviously, many Culiacán folks don't embrace this narco relationship, but this curvy look that Kendra is talking about proudly flaunts it. The name for the look is buchona, which which is a local word that for decades has been used to describe the women who are romantically or sexually involved with narcos, but it's also come to be used to refer to that specific body type. Buchona is la persona que siempre anda muy arreglada. It's super similar to the Kim Kardashian look from the 2010s, you know, big boobs and butt. Pestañas, eh, tiene toda la cara inyectada. A really cinched in waist, Botoxed lips, straight nose. Obviamente todos los arreglos de su, su cuerpo. Long ironed hair. Las uñas, aretes grandes. And you know, the full look comes to life with skinny jeans, low, low necklines, a designer bag. You know, what you're describing is a look that, you know, <laughs> is very, you know, sort of inaccessible. Um... 
you know, very few people are actually born with these features naturally. But what you're suggesting is that this is very much tied into narco-culture. So what exactly is the deal with this look and and like narco-culture? Like, how did that come about? So a lot of my research focused on women who'd actually worked in the cartels, but it was really apparent to me how narco-cultura sort of seeps out to affect other women who maybe aren't working in the drug trade, but they're they're watching it and find it aspirational. The Puchona look is part of this aspirational culture. It's a way that women have of distinguishing themselves, associating themselves with sort of drug trafficking royalty in their state. And as you say, um, it's not a natural look. And the whole point of looking like that is that people will understand that you have the disposable income to invest in your body and make yourself look that way. You know, I mean, a basic lipo is anywhere between three to five thousand dollars. You know, it's not even though it's so common now in Sinaloa, it's also not accessible to everyone. So it is this way that women have of distinguishing themselves. It's not about being a narco, it's, it's about looking the part. So can you tell me, how exactly did these procedures get so popular? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Sinaloa cartel has been a presence for the last three or four decades in Sinaloa. But the, the advent of social media has just put this appreciation of the Buchona look on steroids. Like, type Buchona into Instagram search or TikTok search, and you will see dozens of accounts come up. Hola, yo soy Jenny69, y estas son las cinco cosas que debe de tener una Buchona. Ya que la mujer Buchona es una mujer muy exigente, nos gusta lo exclusivo, pues, lo que mucha gente no puede tener. Yo les quiero mostrar mi ropa, está inspirada en la señora Emma Coronel. I think is best exemplified by someone like Emma Coronel, who's El Chapo's wife. She was very much in the press during his trial in 2019. And she's also something of a local celebrity. I mean... Esta mujer que usted ve llegar es Emma Coronel. Han llegado a la corte de Brooklyn, donde hoy se le dicta sentencia en un rato más a Joaquín El Chapo Guzmán. One woman who I spoke to earlier this year who had had a lot of plastic surgery described Coronel as uh, an artist. Um, so she's very much admired by many. Right. So it's it's a status symbol. It's a sign of wealth. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Pues, si fueron como un año. So Kendra told me that she, she saved up for about a year and paid, I think it was about 60,000 Mexican pesos for her lipo, which is around $3,000. Is that a normal price? Her paying 3K she was kind of under market price. So she got a cheaper procedure for sure. Yo así fue como, como empecé. Dije, bueno, voy a ahorrar. Voy a ahorrar para poderme hacer mi sueño de toda la vida. ¿no? And she said, you know, that it felt great to be able to fulfill a lifelong dream. And for women who can't afford it, there's another clandestine business model that sort of parasites off these unregulated clinics. And they're they're called kundinas, which are essentially pyramid schemes or financing schemes that help women with lower incomes save up for what are often, but not always, cheaper surgery. You know, you'll have, say, 10 girls who sign up to a scheme. The agreement is they each deposit, I don't know, $200 every two weeks for a year. 
And each girl who signs up takes a number. So when the amount of money that they're depositing reaches critical mass, they get their they get their surgery um, and everyone gets a turn. Okay, so what you're saying is that these kundinas are like these big funds that women who want these surgeries can pay into to help fund their own unregulated surgeries. And these kundinas, there's basically nothing that's protecting the people who want these surgeries as consumers. Exactly. And the problem here is not that these women are getting these surgeries in the first place, but rather that many of them can't afford it and are therefore turning to these procedures that are done under the table from doctors who aren't qualified to do them and who are basically preying on these women. So who are these providers that are doing these surgeries? Well, in the case of Paulina, the doctor who gave her the lipo that eventually killed her was a general practitioner. She had no specialism in plastic surgery. The doctor had her basic medical degree, but not much else. And I was told she'd done a course in beauty treatments, like a six-hour course. So she was not in any way qualified to perform plastic surgery on someone. Another um, treatment that's become very popular in Sinaloa is where they sort of make an incision on the inside of your cheeks and pull out the fat that plumps up your face. Um, And sometimes dentists are performing that surgery, which, again, they're not qualified to do that kind of surgery. Did Kendra talk to you about the environment in which she got these procedures done? Like, what was the clinic like? She was aware of the risks and was sort of slightly put off by the fact that the environment in which the surgery was going to take place was not as medical as she had hoped. She was shocked that the clinic was actually a house. And she she did say when she got there, like, that it, it didn't live up to those expectations at all, that it felt more like someone's house and that the, the scenario had been improvised. Um, that's something that's pretty common with these clinics. They're usually a house with no signage outside. Pero ya había tenido yo referencias de la de la doctora y la verdad todos, o sea, todas mis amigas que habían pasado por ahí me daban muy buena referencia de ella. And even though the setup scared her, a lot of her friends had recommended the doctor, so she held on to those recommendations and went ahead with the surgery anyway. And, you know, for Kendra, it was worth it, um, as it is for many women, because it's more than just getting a look that makes you feel better or make clothes fit better, you know. It's about associating themselves with a certain structure, a certain elite in society that they aspire to be. This is a powerful desire and aspiration for status, and these shady doctors and kundinas, which are these alternative finance schemes, are profiting from it. That's after the break. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Deborah, where we left off, you were in Cuyacan investigating the unregulated plastic surgery industry, and you were talking to this woman named Kendra who got plastic surgery at one of these unlicensed clinics similar to the one that killed Paulina. How did your interview with Kendra end? So as we're preparing to leave Kendra and speak with other people, she also brought up an experience that her cousin had gone through with one of these unregulated surgeries. Kendra's cousin had gotten a procedure called a mini-lipo, which is marketed as a less invasive, quicker type of liposuction, but the term is pretty controversial amongst Mexican physicians. So Kendra told us that her cousin was excited to get a mini-lipo because it was going to be done with local anaesthetic only, so she'd be awake during the entire procedure. And the hope among many patients who do this is that if you're awake, you won't die. Her cousin started to feel some of what was happening during the procedure and she was she was in terrible pain. And then after the surgery, she couldn't eat, she couldn't get out of bed. You know, Kendra said the incision site got really badly infected um, and that's when her cousin asked her to take her to the hospital. El punto es que la libró, pero le quedó, le quedaron unas quemaduras ya de por vida. O sea, ella toda su piel está como si hubiera tenido una quemadura de segundo grado. Pues. She survived, but she was left with permanent burn marks on her skin, Kendra said. No sabemos, me imagino que fue parte de la cánula o algo, pero ya nada, nunca más la doctora respondió por eso. Kendra's cousin tried to reach out to the doctor who originally performed the surgery, but, but the doctor never responded. So Kendra's cousin, she gets this mini-lipo. It's actually quite traumatic for her. Was she able to do anything about that? Did she end up pursuing any kind of legal action against the doctor? I think there was some shame around what happened. And she told me that her cousin never reported the doctor who did the surgery to the police or to, you know, the the local uh, regulatory bodies. Right. Okay. So it's obviously not easy for victims to come forward. In that case, who has the power to protect women from these unqualified doctors and potentially deadly surgeries? Who's supposed to step in here? So when I spoke to the state prosecutor, she mentioned that it's difficult to prosecute these cases because often the women who are affected will try to solve it 
one-on-one with the provider. Other times just prefer not to bring their private lives into the public sphere. You know, no one wants to admit to being the victim of a botched surgery. In fact, I spoke to Dr. Rafaela Terrazas Martinez, who's a licensed plastic surgeon and who's been operating in Sinaloa for nearly two decades. I met Dr. Rafaela in her clinic. Hola. Hola, Doc. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, ¿tú? You know, she spent 13 years studying medicine and then specializing in plastic surgery. Um, and, you know, she she despises these kinds of doctors, not only because it gives a sort of, it, it tarnishes the entire plastic surgery industry, which is huge in Sinaloa, but also because she has a lot of sympathy for women who want to get those treatments and procedures. You know, she says she spent a lot of time clearing up the messes left by these shitty fake doctors, you know, from infections to just really poor work. El punto aquí es que la fiscalía no se da la tarea de investigar más, es que la gente se siente atemorizada. Porque sabemos que desgraciadamente la corrupción cobra poder, pero con ganas. Entonces la gente eh, tiene más miedo a, a incluso a la autoridad que 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 a otra cosa. She says that the state prosecutor could be doing a significantly better job of chasing these shady providers who tend to move from city to city. Victims have very little trust in the authorities in Mexico and prefer to solve it one-on-one rather than risk the repercussions for taking the provider to court. You know, these are shady providers. Dr. Rafaela also showed me some pictures of Paulina's body after the procedure, which were sent to her by other plastic surgeons in the city because the case was a real scandal. Dr. Rafaela said that it's devastating to see pictures of young, healthy patients dying from surgeries like this, that in many ways, she thinks Paulina's case is just the tip of the iceberg. And I mean, I've been covering the drug war for 15 years and I think it's fair to say I've seen some nasty shit, but but these pictures, what they did to her was just horrendous. I'm curious, you know, from the standpoint of a doctor, is there anything that someone like Dr. Rafaela can do about all of this? I do understand that Dr. Rafaela is, is part of a sort of lobbying group who are trying to get further legislation in place to do with the obligations around the requirements for setting up these kinds of clinics, but also creating, you know, new categories within the criminal code that actually create sentences that are directly related to shoddy surgery that could kind of act as a deterrent. Cuando estuve yo en la presidencia, yo impulsé dos iniciativas de ley para esto, se aprobó solo una. Las iniciativas era que, que se pusiera de una vez las sanciones, porque igual, sí, es un delito, pero ¿qué te voy a hacer? 
So right. she's she's just trying to put more safeguards in place to stop Paulina's story repeating itself. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that you can do now is obviously mourn Paulina, but also just look ahead to other people who might be victim of these surgeries, right? And I guess, in my mind, that brings up Kendra. Where is she now? Kendra did used to date a narco um, years ago for a long time, but she didn't really seem to be crazy set on the idea of finding another rich narco and settling down. Like, she was talking about moving to Mexico City and getting a job, and, like, she she had a job in Culiacan and she was financially independent. So it does seem to have boosted her confidence in a way that wasn't tied to bagging herself another guy to look after her. And I think probably women do it for the same reasons that women have surgery in the US and everywhere else, right? It's like they want to feel part of a movement. They want to look as if they're part of a group. You know, Kendra still hung out with a lot of women who were romantically involved with with drug traffickers. So, you know, that was the that was her social group. You know, those were her emotional and psychological connection. Deborah, this is incredible reporting. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. I'm, I'm really delighted to be able to share. The doctor who operated on Paulina, Dr. Amairani Rodriguez, was arrested in August on homicide charges. As of this recording, the doctor is out on bail and the charges were reduced to manslaughter. Her hearing is scheduled for later this month. Her lawyers did not respond to Vice News' request for comment. Since this reporting was first published on the Vice News website, a legal initiative in Sinaloa has been proposed to more closely monitor the plastic surgery industry and protect women like Paulina in the future. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This episode was produced by Adriana Tapia and edited by Janice Yamoka and Stephanie Kariuki. Reporting by Deborah Bonello, with help from America Armenta. Vice News Reports is produced by Sophie Kazis and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cutrell, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our supervising producer is Ashley Cleek. Our associate producers are Steph Brown, Sam Egan, and Adriana Rodriguez. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, Pran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and Stephanie Karayuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor, and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Our theme music is by Steve Bell. I'm Ariad Zemras. If you have the time this week, it would be really great if you could go to your Spotify app or your Apple Podcasts app and rate and review the show. It really helps other people find us. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.